Hey, this is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Hey, hey, what's up, fellas? What's going Hello, on? Hello, Sailor. It's been been a minute. It's been a lot of minutes. It's been a lot. Like so many minutes. Yeah. The fuck have you guys been? Right now. It's been so long. Matt, what in the hell? You look like you're you've been living in a cave for the past 20 I years. Do. What's going it's on? Freezing in my house. I got no computer <laughs> on my phone. What I think heck, we it's like we had to cut the budget to the show or something. Jeez, we can measure the length of <laughs> time budget? between shows by measuring Matt's hair. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so is it does Mrs. Whiskey Obsessor have you trapped in a in a trunk again? She does not. I am doing guerrilla podcasting right now, but not to that extent. So although I am I am, you know, freezing, but I am festooned in my uh ranger colors here. So my, my playoff bound ranger colors to be more but wait, specific. Stop the presses. This is yes. something presses. significant. We no longer have to save the E. Correct. <laughs> So Why do we, we not have moment, to save the E? What we the want hell? to take a, a moment of silence and perhaps say a few words to the E. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Yeah. When did this happen? Well, <laughs> anyone watching on YouTube can see right now, but uh, it's been a couple weeks. It was time for a change, and uh, I am now Iconic Dad 24 7. No more E's to save. So, Arrivederci. <laughs> Ease. Wow! I've done my I've done my work. Well, you've it's really fine. set it's the bar. You set the bar high for yourself, having to be an iconic dad twenty four seven. I mean, come on, twenty four seven, man. Eat, sleep, drink. Okay. Well, so, good luck with that, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of tonight's discussion. Um, which is sad and it's going to be cool and all that shit. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about some things in the news and then we'll talk about what we're drinking since we are metal rock and whiskey. What you guys got? You want to go ahead? Oh, that much? Really? Matt? I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing? Um. Oh, you're, you're not the whiskey obsessor anymore. So. Yeah, I guess you don't don't have much. <laughs> I got my blanket. Ouch. <laughs> well, fine. Then I I'll just talk about what I brought to the party here. All right. Um, I went into a store and my little local mom and pop store, which all of a sudden is getting in all these amazing bottles. Um, so I found this bottle, Penelope Bourbon. It's a barrel strength, and it's part of their Toasted series, which I really hadn't heard of before. But, um, you know, I decide I don't normally. It, it was like a it's like a $70 bottle after taxes, so a little on the pricier side. So I mm -hmm. don't normally buy those without, you know, knowing what I'm getting. But, you know, they got me with the Illinois Select <laughs> on there, you know, so like what the heck? I've heard a, you know, but to be fair, I've heard nothing but good things about Penelope, this brand. You know, they are an indie, uh, non distilling producer. They do source their um, whiskey, I think, primarily from NGP. I know this is MGP. It says distilled in Indiana, you know, bottled in Kentucky. Or I'm sorry, bottled in New Jersey. They're from New Jersey, from, uh, 
Where is this? Matt's home state. Roselle, New Jersey. <laughs> Matt's home state. Oh, there you go. See, and it's uh, 115.6 proof. Uh, so it's it's up there. It's in the, a pretty nice area. Um, and, well, wh- when I say toasted series, what they do with this is they age it like any normal bourbon in a, in this case, a char three barrel. Um, and then they finish it in a toasted barrel. And this toast is considered heavy, according to the bottle. Um, I don't know that much about toasting. Um, Sailor, do you know more about it than I do? Kind of what the process is? Yeah, typically you're going to toast your staves before you put them together as a barrel. And then you will char the inside of your barrel, typically. Okay, so it's a pre-charred barrel, basically. Um, so well, you're anyway. not really getting a char if you're toasting because you're not burning, right? Yeah, that's why I say pre-char. Just toasting. <laughs> okay, toasting. It's a toasted barrel. Pretty simple. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I don't. It, it it would be interesting to see what this would taste like before the to you know it was put in the toasted barrel. But um, I'm really loving this. It's uh, got a lot of. Ru- it's very rich. Um, very dark and rich uh, with, I think I, I made some notes earlier. Uh, it says it's got like dried figs and molasses on the on the palate. So that'll get, kind of give you an idea of how rich this uh, thing is. And then um, on the finish, you get a little bit of that that chars and, and a little bit of graham cracker. I, I, I describe it as almost like, you know, a campfire roasted s'more. Um, on the finish and it's it's just it's just absolutely delicious so yeah so win for me uh and taking a chance on this one it sounds delicious but uh that's what i am drinking tonight i guess when when you guys asked me if i had anything i thought you were talking about news i didn't think we're going right into the drink i was i Uh, was but oh am i the one who's drinking something (laughs) i do have something Getting ahead of ourselves. Oh God! Well, let's start. Yeah, no, let's we'll start with the drinking. I mean, let's start with the drinking. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> nice Why choice, Ed. Now it all makes sense. So I have a, I'm, I'm a little confused about the name of this, though. Like, I, I guess I just don't understand. I don't understand the toasted barrel thing because, well, it's, why is that special? I'm confused why that's just not like double oaked. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it gives you maybe a different flavor profile than if you were to actually char it. But uh, but every okay, I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's okay. a thing. No matter... <laughs> I guess it's a thing. Don't you have just... to char- it has to be charred oak for it to be bur- called bourbon? Well, yes, that's the yeah. it, it is mature well, you've got in charred oak barrels. Dave, so yeah. just like any normal. So bourbon. are they saying are they saying that the second barrel is not charred, but it's just R- toasted? Correct. The They're saying okay. that yeah. basically the finishing barrel. So then it's the finishing is toasted barrel. instead gotcha. of charred. I mean, so they're basically. <laughs> So they're basically saying we didn't char the second barrel. We just toasted it because you got to toast the barrel yes. anyway. Yeah. So gotcha. I guess okay. they didn't go That's as a far weird, as charring like, backwards it. way is of saying it's an uncharred barrel. <laughs> I yeah, I don't. But I've heard of other other 
uh, bourbons doing this. This isn't the first one I've I've seen. I think. Uh, oh, I'm not going to embarrass myself by throwing out wrong wrong brands, but I have heard of other brands uh, doing this before. Hmm. So, so I guess new. in this series, <laughs> they're just doing a different char and a different toast each time. So each one should taste different. I suppose. I, wonder, I mean, I, I guess what I'm, I guess I wonder after you've put it in a charred barrel and then you're just re-oaking it in just a toasted barrel, do you, how much, how long do you have to leave it in that barrel to pick up flavor? Great how question. You, right? Because, yeah, this is it. There is no information about any kind of age, how long it was in the charred barrel, mm -hmm. how long it was in the toasted barrel, or anything. So, yeah. I mean, it's not chill filtered, which is always good, but, uh, you know, that's mm -hmm. you know, what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, interesting. Maybe at that proof level, you are going to get slight nuances from just the, yeah. Yeah, it's well, a barrel I'll, strength. I'll be interested. So, yeah. I'll be interested to taste it. Cool, cool. Well, Matt, why don't you continue on with whiskey and we'll go back to news later. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I can say I am drinking, but I much to the much to the chagrin of everyone listening here. And don't worry, okay, I am not drinking whiskey tonight. Much in the what? spirit, much in the spirit of Lemmy, who, when told that he should cut back on the whiskey, went to oh, something shit. a little bit later, <laughs> but okay. continued to drink. So uh, I'm actually drinking coffee liqueur right now, and it is freaking delicious. So I'm getting a little bit of a kick. You know, I got one ice cube in it, but it's Cuban coffee, Cuban rum, and it is very, very tasty. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm not going to talk about whiskey. And I want to talk about this guy, not to pat myself on the back here, but Blackened. Uh -huh. I know oh, yeah. Signed <laughs> by friend of the show, Laura Zolrich, of course. <laughs> so I was one of 150 lucky souls to get one of those bottles. But uh, it's amazing to me. And maybe this is just a microcosm of uh, social media a little bit, but you wouldn't believe how many people were at were there lining up to get a bottle that actually thought he was there in person signing bottles. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like, guess you don't. I yeah, I guess you wouldn't really know any better, huh? Yeah, but I mean, well, yeah, I guess if a store a store advertises show up to get a signed autographed bottle of yeah. this, you might yeah. think that. Someone to be there. They're going to actually models. be there. Yeah. So when they explicitly say that he's not going to be there. Okay. Well, then that's another story. Yes. That's that's on them. Yeah. Like pick a random store in South Florida. Fair and enough. Show up to sign bottles. <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, that's uh oh, and um, a little uh, whiskey news. If you follow Blackened American Whiskey or even uh, Rob Dietrich, who is the master distiller of Blackened. Uh, you'll see that they are planning a very special release in, in the spring. Yes. This I year. heard about this. Yes. Yes. Did you see mm -hmm. the sailor? That's going to be our anniversary bottle. We've already discussed. Yes. I am so looking forward Rye, to this. Rye the lightning. I yes. Know. I can't oh freaking my God. wait. That is going to be I can't so wait. And from what I understand, this is their own juice, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. This is their juice. Nice. Which is I really watched exciting. That video that Rob posted like 14 times because every time yeah, I watch it, I got more pumped. <laughs> I know I, I was I'm I'm begging and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there in the ethos. I'm begging my editor to let me cover this <laughs> for American Whiskey magazine. 
Come on, Phoebe. Come oh, on, yeah. Phoebe. This is right you know near wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, Should we start a petition? Let's start a petition. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some interesting beverages here tonight uh, because I decided for some fucking reason to drink scotch tonight. And um, well, we are all over the place. We are all over the place. <laughs> I didn't want to get too literal, right? And and also, okay, what I'm drinking also kind of speaks to the confusing feelings I have about Foo Fighters. Because on the one hand, oh shit, I just blew it. But yeah, we're covering Foo Fighters tonight. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Whoops. FYI, I think I think anyone watching this on YouTube will will see the title and know. Yeah, if they couldn't have set told from our title. Yeah, yeah. Well, the <laughs> listeners, I just blew it for Or them. show description. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, anyway. Anywho. Uh, okay. So what was I saying? Oh, so I, I, I think they're a, one of those like fun rock bands. Like it's always fun to listen to them. So I think they're like one of the greatest rock bands. Not really. Um, but then I listen to their music. I'm like, it's just good. It's just so good. But they're not. Are they great? I don't know. Like I go back and forth. So I decide I was like, oh, I should drink beer tonight, but I can only drink a gluten-free beer these days. Um, and not that it's not good, just you know, a lot of choices. So then I was looking at my whiskey collection and I'm like, why don't I just drink whiskey that was like aged in beer casks? <laughs> and then we'll just take care of both things at once. Cause I just like kind of have these memories of listening to the Foo Fighters with a beer in my hand, like outside barbecuing in the summer. That's like my memories of the band. So um, I am drinking the Glen Fittick um, IPA cask from the first uh. experimental for this is the first one they ever did. And I've had this bottle for a long time and there is about four fingers left. Um, so this stuff is so yummy and I am not an IPA beer fan, although I do love the smell of IPA, but then I taste it and it just, it's kind of what peaty whiskey does to me, like wet sock, yeah. pine sol grossness. Um, <laughs> so yeah. But what I love is that, you know, Glenfiddich, especially the older the whiskey is, it gets very viscous and it's got just this beautiful, sweet fruitiness. And this cast gave it like this gorgeous citrusy flavors that I think just go really, really perfectly with this whiskey. I mean, you get, you really get a ton of green apple. So it's like um, like dried figs and then all of a sudden someone like puts a little lemon juice on it and slices up some, you know, fresh green apple next mm -hmm. to it. And you can smell all of that and you just get a little bit of the hoppiness and it's just it's really gorgeous. Yeah, I can I really see like that. It. I know on a lot on some IPAs that I actually like. I'm, I'm kind of mixed on IPAs. There are certain ones I do like, but certain ones just I can't stand. Um, but on those ones I do like, I do know that citrus note you're talking about. It gets, it does have a definite citrus. Uh, that's the, what I, I, I. That's the nose I like. I think yeah. about it, and I get sure. fooled every time. If someone's drinking one next to me, I'll be like, "Oh, that smells so good. Let me have a sip." And I'm thinking, maybe this is the time I'm going to find the IPA. Like, and then I taste <laughs> it. I'm like, 
foiled again, IPA. You, know, you IPAs, win. you know, IPAs and scotches. I, I think, as far as um, flavor diversity, there's a lot of parallels there because I think that people get this certain idea about how the style is going to taste, but within that style, there are so many different nuances uh, and different styles within those styles too. Agreed. So that's actually a very great yes. point. Yeah, I've tried. I know Jameson has an IPA uh, finished version of their whiskey too i have had that but i haven't had i don't the care for that so much didn't love it didn't just didn't love it this is stunning and it's 43 percent mm. as well which is nice too so it has a little extra heat to bring into all of that sweet fruit and then all of that citrus so i just think it's a job well done um once again, by Wilton Grandson's team. So that's what I am drinking tonight. Shout out to and, Mark Thompson, um, friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got to bring him back, too. <laughs> oh, definitely. Bring back. That's what show I had to miss. I was so bummed. Well, it was very early in the morning for me, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we get into our discussion of the night... Um, I just want to touch on a few like little news story items. Um, I came across, so our favorite subject on the podcast, um, longtime listeners will know, is Metallica. Um, and I came across a really hilarious, well, I think it's hilarious, article. Um, Jason Newstead, he's been, in, he's been in the news quite a bit lately. He got caught up in a little bit of controversy really? as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's talking about the Black Album, and he he said that he thinks Enter Sandman was kind of corny, quote unquote, and he was scared by Nothing Else Matters. <laughs> now I would agree. Well, with of the course, <laughs> he's the one who's the most free to say what's really on his mind about that's the, right <laughs> about that that's album. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he said that nothing else matters uh, made the hairs on the back of his neck stand up. And um, <laughs> but yeah, he thought Sandman was super corny. And I think so, too. Um, and then he just talked about like, you know, just the difficulties of working with Bob Rock and all of that. Um, so I just thought that was really funny. But he so there's this whole controversy. I don't know if you guys have read this about the van halen tribute tour have you guys been following this i have not I have not oh boy okay so okay is there going to be a van halen tribute tour i mean it's it's rumored right but then some people are kind of backing up the rumor um and so apparently it would be alex and joe satriani um and then um David Lee Roth uh, spoke out about it and wasn't really didn't really give a definitive um, basically, but saying like, you know, we've been talking for a long time about doing like a tribute for Eddie. So it's really just up in the air. But I think it's really funny that I don't know how I can't remember how Jason got pulled into it, but <laughs> he got pulled into the controversy as well. So everybody's freaking the fuck out. You know, was is there going to be a tour? Is there not? What's going on? Is it real? Is it not real? I don't. Was know. he floated as a possible replacement for Michael Anthony? <laughs> Who, Jason? Yeah, 
I was just wondering how the heck he got caught up in this. Because apparently there was speculation that he would be playing on the tour. I I don't I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's so, a shit show. All right. So we're, we're we're thinking a hypothetical situation here: Alex Van Halen on drums, Jason Newstead on bass. Yep. Um, David Lee Roth is front man, and who maybe Wolfgang Van Halen on yes. guitar. Wolfie, yes. Well, no, you said Joe I'm Satriani, how right? they oh yeah, Joe Satriani. Yeah. Okay. yeah, but that's why I'm like, well, what would Wolfgang play? Like, I'm, yeah, they wouldn't do it without him, right? How I could I they not? But I don't think he has the chops to be his dad. That, that that's the thing. Yeah, does he? I really? don't know though. I've seen some videos of him playing certain things, which he does well. But overall, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't what know. Is... So. We'll have to leave this one as an unfolding story, my friends, and we shall mm. report back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will be following this one for sure. All right. Uh, let's get into the nuts and bolts of our discussion, and uh, let's start out with a little bit of music, maybe. What do you think? Let's do it. Please. Well, uh, for many people, that is the first song that turned them on to a band called The Foo Fighters. Um, so if you've been living under a rock or you are from another planet, um, I'll help you out here for a minute. The Foo Fighters formed in 1994. Well, formed is kind of weird. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not, uh, not, yeah. Yeah. Let's say it was, found, <laughs> let's say it was founded. How about it that? It was established. That's better. Yeah. Yes. Foo Fighters was established as an entity in 1994 in Seattle, Washington by former Nirvana drummer Dave Grohl as a one man project following the dissolution of Nirvana after Kurt Cobain's suicide. Um, so the name Foo Fighter comes from a nickname coined by allied aircraft pilots for UFOs and other aerial phenomena. Um, man, this band, they've won over 15 Grammys, including best rock album five times. They were inducted into our favorite rock and roll hall of fucking fuck yourself shame in 2021, which was the first year um, that they were eligible. And sadly, um, the band's longtime drummer, Oliver Taylor Hawkins, uh, passed away tragically just a few weeks ago. And so that's why we decided to um, cover Foo Fighters tonight and talk a little bit about the band and um, Oliver's Taylor, as we know him as Taylor's legacy. Yep. So 
let's talk a little bit about their um, discography and then we can just talk about, you know, I want to hear what you guys think of the band. Um, so the first album, self-titled, was released in 1995. They weren't really a band yet. This was Dave playing. He recorded it himself, played everything himself, but it got him signed. Um and then they came out with The Color and the Shape in 1997 and won their first Grammy in 1998 for Best uh, Rock Album. And on that album, you have um, the huge, massive, long-lasting hits, uh, My Hero, which we just played, Everlong, and Monkey Wrench. Massive, massive breakout hits. I remember them being all over MTV nonstop and the radio. You couldn't get away from them. Um, then, uh, Taylor joined, there was a lot of personnel shifts and, um, they released, there's nothing left to lose in 1999, which again, won the Grammy for best rock album in 2001 with learning to fly and breakout. So, um, again, massive hits. Um, they followed that up with one by one and guess what? They won a Grammy for Best Rock Album uh, once again. And uh, the hits off that album, Times Like These, All My Life, Have It All. And then followed up again with In Your Honor. And uh, this one is a really interesting album. I'd say probably the next two albums are really super interesting. So In Your Honor 2005. Um a dude that was writing for the New York Times uh, considers this album an unexpected magnum opus. And I've read that a lot about this album. Um, Best of You, No Way Back, DOA. These are, you know, some of the singles and the hits off that album. I mean, everybody knows Best of You, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. And you start to see a shift in their sound which really comes uh, forward and echoes Silence, Patience, and Grace um, from 2007, nominated for five Grammys, winning Best Rock Album, and also awarded the Brit Award for Best International Album. And on this, you have The Pretender, Let It Die, and Long Road to Ruin. And so we're going to focus a bit on these four albums with Taylor. It's kind of right in the sweet spot where they really cemented themselves as mega, mega, mega rock artists. So let us discuss gentlemen. Yeah. It was kind of a shock to me when I found out I was watching uh, a documentary about Foo Fighters talking about uh, Dave Grohl and, um, how he basically dropped out of music altogether after Kurt Cobain's death for, you know, a couple of years. And he didn't even know if he wanted to go back and do it, but he just decided he had all this material he had written just sitting around. And he thought, ah, what the heck? He'd just go into a studio just as an experiment and uh, record these songs that he had written all by himself. And uh, I think he said he made like a hundred copies and just gave them out to friends and and people and stuff like that. And uh, that's what ended up being their first, the <laughs> yep. first fighters al- first album, which was their breakout, yep. which is pretty amazing. I, I don't think you can. That's a very unique story. It's like, well, it's interesting just... that 
know that you i guess everyone just assumed like oh this i mean he's already was a famous musician right this is you know he just went to the record labels like hey okay i want to do something now and they're like Mm -hmm. hey cool sign on the dotted line that's not what happened he had been writing material pretty much throughout his entire tenure in nirvana yeah and he always makes a joke in interviews like you know what was the last thing the drummer said before he got fired Hey, listen to these songs I wrote. You know, so he, has, he, he always says that. So he has all these, all this material that he has stored away, and yeah. you know, I, obviously, I think any normal human being would have taken a break from the limelight after what happened. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it would have been as good if he didn't do everything himself on that first one. And obviously, it worked out. But yeah, he does does yeah. admit though he, during that time period he did did get multiple offers from bands and mm-hmm. whatever but yeah. he just he just yeah. wasn't ready to do it yeah yeah i think it's interesting um i had i had honestly completely forgotten that taylor was alanis morissette's drummer for mm-hmm. like her big like you know when she established herself and you know she's in the he's in the jagged little pill video and i had completely forgotten that um, but he left uh, Alanis Morissette uh, to go check out this project with Dave. And Dave was shocked that he would leave. You know, I mean, they were nothing at the time. Um, but he yeah, was but excited I, to do something different. Yeah. And he was friends with Dave before then, too. Yeah. They had established a yeah. friendship, of course, which I think was probably the primary reason why he would even make, make that change. Because why would you just you know, leave something like that. I'm sure that was a really good gig being with Alanis mm-hmm. Morissette. I'm you sure know. it was. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. And he played for Sass Jordan. I don't know if you guys were ever fans of Sass Jordan. I definitely was. Um, and he, of course he played in Eagles of death metal with a million other people um, that played with Eagles of death metal as well. But um I, I I wanted to say something, and this may sound fucked up, but it's me, you know, whatever. I was thinking about I didn't realize where Taylor was when he passed away. And when I read where he was, he was in Bogota, Colombia. I'm like, well, that's that's one way to go, man. You know, you doing your drugs in Bogota, Colombia. That's definitely a story. That's definitely like a rock star exit. So, wow. you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I just feel sorry for Dave. Uh, not only oh, did yeah. he have to go Jesus through fuck. after going through Kurt's death and dealing with that, then, then almost losing Taylor at one point, yep. you mm-hmm. know, he was in a coma for weeks and then coming back and, you know, it, it's, it's just sucks. You know, for, for yeah, all, not just for Dave, the, all the members of the band. Yeah, not to oh, mention, yeah. Um, and not, not to mention too, just to throw this in there as well, is that um, anyone who knows or is a fan of Dave Grohl knows how close he was with Lemmy also. Yeah. They were very, 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 very close friends. Uh, and I think that might, him, Lemmy passing might have hit him just as much as well. So, yeah, the guy's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, especially, you know, we've discussed this on the show many times when you lose people that are very close to you, as close as family, whether you I mean, I mean, when you're in a band, you're on top of each other all the time and you're creating things together. 
um, whether it's peaceful or not doesn't really matter. But when that happens in your formative years, in your young 20s, it really, really affects you. So, you know, yeah, it's 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 a horrible thing to have to go through with two of your bandmates. So it's a shame he was only 50 years old. It fucking sucks. Drugs suck. Um, you know, it's too it's it's really a shame. But, you know, he leaves behind an incredible career, an incredible body of music. He was so well liked and, and beloved. You know, there were some really amazing things said about him, mm-hmm. you know, after he passed away. So, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. He was a funny guy. That's for sure. He was a very funny guy. I'm just another soul for sale. So you guys tell me tell me where you put Foo Fighters as a rock band in your kind of music brain space. It's one of those bands that there are it's I've never been, you know, a huge you know, nuts about the Foo Fighters, like I've got a bunch of their albums or anything like that. But the funny thing is, the songs of theirs that I like, I mean, I really, really like. They got some great songs um, that do make their way into some of my playlists. But uh, um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's most of their albums I can pick out maybe two or three songs that I really like, but the other you know, I can, I can leave the others. It's, 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 it's kind of, kind of weird. Um, like that. It's either they really grab me or it's just eh, one of the two. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? That's such a tough question. I mean, so just to take Dave Grohl as the individual, um, whether you're a fan of the band or not, um, I've considered the guy a national fucking treasure. I think he oh, does. Yeah. Absolutely, he does absolutely Great. everything. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if you don't like Foo Fighters, I think you could appreciate what he brings to the table. And yeah. as far as the band goes, I think coming out of the gate with color and shape and all those great hit songs that we talked about, um, obviously those are the songs that everyone remembers, but I think as they've grown their sound and with each album, they've just gotten more and more popular. Um, as they've gone along, they've expanded their audience. And, um, you know, to me right now, as it sits, um, I think overall, just in, in the, the rock pantheon of current bands, I think they're definitely in the top 10 right now. Um, overall, I wouldn't have them probably in my top 25 to 50, probably. Hmm. But as, as of right now, they are one of the top bands in the world right now currently interesting yep so i would agree with you that he's a national treasure completely Mm -hmm. i think he's a very creative 
dynamic person. I think you had a group of like super high energy guys, you know, um, but he, I mean, obviously he's musically talented, but I think for me, what I think the, his best talent is in writing. So he writes, I mean, the lyrics to these songs are really, really well written. They're textured. They're, it, it's, it's a story. There's a lot of symbolism in there. I mean, I think it's just, he's a really good, good songwriter and a great music, a, a great musician, uh, you know, song, a great lyricist and a great songwriter, I should say. And I think that's a tough talent to have and keep knocking it out of the park with hit after hit. I mean, I'm going to agree with you, Ed, completely. Um, you know, I don't like every song on all, all their albums. I think they do really well with their hits. Um, but the, the, just some of the <sighs> lyrically, I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, I was just looking through some of some of my favorite songs of theirs and just like i mean just yeah i i think that's often i don't think people give enough credence to lyricists and how difficult it is to not only write a well-crafted song with meaning and texture and color but it, for it to also be fantastically arranged and a great you know and becomes a hit song and to to repeat that process so many times is very difficult to do. Um, you know, you have bands like, okay, think about Poison and Bon Jovi. Like, I I think it's, I wouldn't put them in the same category because like, yeah, okay, they wrote a bunch of hits too, but it's like nonsense, just party music, good time music. There isn't like, just a different level of talent there, you know? I think replicating that formula so many times as your sound is evolving is really, really impressive. I can't wait till we cover poison. I might have a little <laughs> bit of a counterpoint yeah. to what That's you just all, said. All of what you said, he just gleaned. That's the only thing he gleaned from everything you just said. <laughs> oh, no. Damn you, motherfucker. All the great points uh, you just made. You God, even agreed left. with him on Foo Fighters, and all he could say was, Poison. Listen, all he heard was poison. I've got to get back to her about poison. Uh, we're going to have a special guest for that episode, by the way. But we're not we talking are. about poison right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the fucking Foo Fighters. Oh, speaking while we're on the subject of Foo Fighters. Oh, I thought you were going to say poison. Topic. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Yes. Um, there's, there's, if you, you're on Instagram, look up, there is a, I think, was she nine or 10 years old? A young prodigy, Nandy Bushell. She's a British, British girl, um, who plays like everything. She's Mm -hmm. like, she's like a young Dave girl Mm -hmm. and she's amazing. And she and Dave girl have gone back and forth. And challenged each other to different like drum battles and stuff. And Dave has, he's made this whole thing amazing. And he even had her come on stage and play during a Foo Fighters concert, which I thought, I, again, 
talking about Dave being a national treasure. He does stuff like this. You know, he, he's just such a cool guy. Well, he um, broke his goddamn leg and they stuck him in an air cast and he just finished the show sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. So, yeah, if you're on Instagram, you 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 might have to go back a little it's bit. It's on Twitter and, as well. It's yeah, on Twitter. You can just that. you can just Google yeah. Nandy. It'll come yes. up instantly. Yeah. Very cool. So I just want to She's make sure that, that was brought up uh, during this discussion. I think that's pretty significant. She's adorable. Agreed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So well, I, I think that, you know, <clears throat> when you look at the body of these, these four core albums, like we're going to, we're going to leave out the color and the shape. And we're just going to talk about there's nothing left to lose one by one in your honor and echo silence, patient and grace. If you have to choose an album out of all four of these, what do you go with? What do you go with as like the, <clears throat> the most iconic Foo Fighters album that has oh, the man. most. You had to ask Foo that fighter ish. Of course I did. <laughs> the fucking show is the all most about Foo fighter ish. Most Foo Fighter-ish. You heard it here. Sings. We need a song when Sailor makes up a new word. <laughs> um, okay, I think I know which one I would go with. Matt, what about I know, you? I know, I know mine. Yep. All right, go for it. Spill All it. All right. Okay. I, I'm going to have to go with the color and shape. We weren't talking because... about that one, though. No, Was that one of the choices? No, it's not one of yes, the choices. Yes, it was. No, Wasn't it's it? not. Taylor oh, didn't play it. on that album. <laughs> <laughs> I just said that one isn't in the running. Okay, for me. Are I'll, you I'll sure? Go. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'll go since I have mine on lock already. So I know no, for, what it is. For me, for, you know what mine is? I think so, yeah. Okay, no, for me, it's Echo, Silence, Patience, and I Grace. It. it is, because it's it's just the the pinnacle of everything that we've talked about as far as what makes them great is in that album and to think that when it was first released it got a lot of so-so and mediocre reviews and then it ended up winning what five grammys something like mm -hmm. that album it was nominated year. for five nominated yeah. for five yeah, yeah. sorry yeah um yeah but it has the classic hard foo fighter sound it has the expansion of dave as a songwriter it has a little bit of everything and that's really where they you know they were a big fucking band before that album and i think they went to a mm -hmm. different stratosphere as far as the expansion of their audience after that album um mm -hmm. not taking anything away from the other ones i mean because there are some of my favorite songs on there uh, on the other albums learn to fly you know all my life mm -hmm. breakout but just from beginning to end that album is amazing so i have to go with that one Okay, so we have one vote for Echoes. Ed, do you need more time? Yes, I do. <laughs> what were the other choices? Okay, there is nothing left to lose. <laughs> one by one, in your honor, an echo, silence, patience, and grace. So, okay, I'll say mine, and then, Ed, you can finish it off. How about that? Okay. Pull it together, Ed. So, for me, it's, it's in between one by one and in your honor um are they they're both just really well done they're both i think as a uh, in totality i i think they're the both they're 
they're the most congruent. Um, but I probably have to go with one by one, honestly. I think that is, it's just my favorite. I think it's the most Foo Fighter-ish. I mean, I agree with you on Echoes, but I don't think it's the most Foo Fighter-ish. Hmm. I think that has to go to one by one. Have we defined what we mean by Foo Fighter-ish? <laughs> no. Because it might be different to everybody else. <laughs> nope. Okay. Because <laughs> some would say color and the shape might be the most Foo Fighter-ish, you know, but uh, we're not, uh, it all depends on what we feel like that, that means. Matt, hold your, Matt, hold your thing. I'm sorry. You sorry. Can't, you can't let go of it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to hold my thing. Hold your thing. <laughs> so other than the color and the shape, um, <laughs> Yes, God. other than the one album we said we weren't going to enter into this I, contest. I, I almost feel like I can't make a, a, a valid judgment here since Echo Sounds, Patience and Grace is the only one of those albums I've ever heard from beginning to end. What? Really? Yeah, yeah. And the only reason um, I did that was to prepare for for this, uh, <laughs> this show. So hold on. hold on a second. So you've listened to the color and the shape from beginning to end? No, but it has the most songs I know that I like <laughs> out of all of them. So Edward has failed this exercise. <laughs> and I win. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what to say here, my friends. We don't have a tiebreaker. We have a hung jury. We have a hung jury. You're going to have to leave this up to the people. Oh shit! You know what happens when we do that? People piss off oh, Sailor. Oh, Somehow we'll boy. end up being the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. <laughs> So I just want to say about that video. We just played Learn to Fly for you. Them and the Beastie Boys have some of the best videos. Freaking I that oh video still cracks me <laughs> up. They did such a great job with their videos. So flipping funny. That one in particular is my favorite. I'm wondering if they had any. We'll have to go look and see who produced these videos. If there's any crossover of producers between the Beastie Boys and the Foo Fighters because yeah you bring up Let's a good see. point yeah More. that I forgot that won a Grammy for the for the best video that year I forgot about that that actually was nominated for several things um, <clears throat> it's a good question who the hell produced that I'll have to look that up and I'll, I'll let you know on the next show. I think I know what Ed's album choice is. <laughs> well, you better tongue. say it. Because I just said it. Native, native, native tongue. No. <laughs> <laughs>
fuck off. Yeah. Missed that. opportunity there. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I have to choose one, no tongue. <laughs> no, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> All right. Well, if we're going to leave it up to the listeners, then we will have to report back on our next show. Um, so, all right, guys, you know, we want to know of these four albums, just in case you're not a good listener like Ed, there is nothing left to lose <laughs> one by one <laughs> in your honor, Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace. Of those four albums, which is the most Foo Fighter-ish to you? <laughs> <laughs> And we will have to define Foo Fighter-ish. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure I do that on the grams. <laughs> so on that note, I think we shall wrap it up for the evening. So uh, I'm going to raise my glass to Taylor. Um, thank you so much for everything that you gave uh, and contributed with your artistic skills. And you seemed like you were a pretty awesome dude by all accounts. And um, rest in peace. And uh, I'm, yeah, bummer. Yeah, cheers, Taylor. Rest in cheers, peace. brother. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up. What do you got, guys? All right. Well, this outro is going to be a little different, but uh, <laughs> 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 I need to come up with a new tagline. But, uh, oh shit! Anyway, we appreciate everyone listening and everyone's patience. Specifically, we all live very busy lives, and sometimes our schedules do not align, unfortunately. But uh, we are here now. We are recording, and we're going to get this rolled out to you with subsequent episodes, of course, coming up very soon with some very special guests. So, thank you for your patience and thank you for your continued support. As always, find us on Instagram at Metal Rock and Whiskey. Follow comment do whatever you feel like you need to do and you can find me on instagram <laughs> yes at iconic dad 24 7 it sounds weird to say that but the e is dead <laughs> i don't know if i like yes that. you'll get used to it uh, all right. So I am going to say good night and thank you and echo Matt's statement. We really appreciate you guys um, still being fans and listening to the show. And I still get messages, thank God, about the podcast. So at least there's like one or two people still listening. Um, we are very busy people. Um, but I also wanted to mention, uh, if you tuned into our episode uh, with Miss Brit Lightning from Vixen. In the latest issue of American Whiskey Magazine, um, you will find a kick-ass spread on the woman herself. Oh, yeah. It's I love that photo. Whiskey so Rocks. Cool. Oh, it's such a great photo. And I interview Brit about her love of whiskey and um, a little bit about her backstory and the amazing work that she's doing with the rock and roll fantasy camp. Really important work. She talked a little bit about it on the show. So please check out the latest issue of American whiskey magazine. There's some other really great um, stories in there. Of course, it's such a well done magazine. Um, go subscribe American whiskey magazine.com. Yes. We love Brit. She's one of those multidimensional 
people that's so great in so many different areas um yeah just a just a super super person and we're yeah, so lu- so lucky to know her yes for sure yes absolutely and if you want to follow me i'm sailor guevara on all the stuff oh i guess that's just leave to me <laughs> So yeah, you still have ease, Mister I, I still have the ease. I'm carrying the ease for everybody right now. <laughs> I'll just add a third e to geek, and then we'll call it. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to follow me, follow me at Bourbon Geek on Instagram. And if you still love us or like us after this episode, we appreciate. Uh, all the likes and love and thumbs ups and reviews and whatever you can give us on all the social medias. And uh, I guess we'll see you again on the next episode of metal rock and whiskey, where I have a feeling we will be having a fourth member. We will. So stay tuned. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And fuck you poison the band. Oh, those great words. Yes, I did. Bye. Bye. Later, everybody.